You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Okay. Uh, welcome back to another Page Turner with Big Dog and Little Stuff. I'm Stephanie Menard. I am Tom Hutchison. And, you know, we've, uh, we're back again. You know, we've had a lot going on, so we haven't been able to make our normal uh, Tuesday shows, but that's every other Tuesday. Sorry, but yep. we're here. Glitch on a Friday, in, glitch in the matrix, but you know we 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 reset and come on back. It is what it is. Well, we you wobble know. and we wobble, but we don't fall down. Exactly, and you know we've been busy. I just fulfilled my um, Kickstarter, and you just like bought a zillion boxes of comics. To so, I mean, like this week has been particularly hectic for the two of us. Um, yep. I definitely could use like eighty-five naps at this point. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Well, that's that's like your your Facebook update every day is like it's nap time. Well, see, I intend to take a nap every day, but I don't always do it. Like I lay down oh, to do it, and then it doesn't work usually. Sometimes it does though, and when it does, I'm like, sweet, <laughs> life is good. <laughs> I need a lot of sleep. What can I say? Also, there's not a whole lot else to do most days, so why not? nap and you know wake up feeling refreshed or confused because that happens sometimes too well but then yeah but then you wake up and there's still nothing to do so you know well sometimes you wake up and you're confused like you don't like you nap so hard you don't even know if you're still on the planet earth and that actually makes life kind of fun (laughs) okay Okay. so there you go you have to take one of those kind of naps if you can handle it but those yeah those uh I, I, I know the, the, I'm just passing out now nap. Like it's just, it's over. I, there's nothing I can yes. do about it. I'll see you in an hour. Like I know those really well. Yeah. Sometimes even like, I'm like an old person. I'll sit down and I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll be fine. I'm like, I'm a little tired, whatever. I'll put on a movie and I'm like, like, I, like I fall asleep sitting up or whatever. I do it at the movie theater too. I'm so lame. <laughs> I get comfortable and it's all dark and I'm like, Ooh, nap time. (laughs) So anyway, other than naps. So you this week you, you bought um, like how many long boxes was it? 40 long boxes. 40. Okay. And so for people like me, like I know people that do this, but I, I guess my question is, is it normal to just buy a bunch of boxes without looking at them? Well, you, you and never just hoping that you, you something never, good's in there. You never, <laughs> never look at it. I mean, you you've got a number one. You know, whoever's selling it has to kind of give you a description of something. Like it's mostly Marvel, it's mostly DC, it's mostly indies. You know, whatever, so that you at least have some concept of like, yeah, okay, that's that's my bag. Okay. Um, but then it's it's a matter of you know, is this guy just pulling my leg? Like, what is it? And you, so you got to go and you got to just poke around in it. And, and it's not something that I would recommend, uh, for the, the rookie collector, because you can't deep dive 40 boxes while you're there. You can't just be like one, two, three, like you can't do that. Right. Um, the dude, the dude's just going to kick you out of his house. Um, <laughs> so you've got to be able to kind of quickly 
okay, I get the idea of what's here, another box. Mm-hmm. Okay, I kind of get the idea of what's here. But for me, with these 40 boxes, I didn't even see half of it um, because it's all just, it's it's just stacked. So it's not, you know, you'd be pulling and moving and, you know, to right. get to every box. So I went through about 10 boxes and and I was like, okay, if if the rest of this stuff is at minimum what this is, what I've seen, then it's fine. And, and if it's better, then it's better. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of wiggled the price a little. I was like, well, there's this one <laughs> box here. That's just going to go in the fireplace. So, you know, it's let's kindling. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that for a minute. But, um, so he was very understanding and he was, yeah. So he dropped the price a little bit for me, which was good at minimum. It helped pay for the van that I had to rent, to, you know, go get this stuff and bring it back. Um, right. And, uh, and, and from there, you know, you, you just kind of start digging and this was a completely clusterfucked collection. It was like, there was no rhyme or reason. There was no order to anything. It's a F Q Z B A Z. It's just like, I don't know what this is. So you just have to start pulling chunks out and, and just be like, okay, well, there's an X-Men pile, I guess. I'll just start that over there. And here's a weird image pile start over here and then you just kind of got to start sort of tetrising it all together to see if you have like you know one through 20 of something or if you have you know just pieces and and whatever because when you're flipping comics you can you can flip them singly you know like hey i have this one book and it's five bucks and here it is um but if you have complete runs you know if you have whatever the book is one through 25 then you can then that's like hey i've got the whole thing here guys and you can just take the whole thing in one fell swoop so um you gotta kind of do your uh, uh your your you gotta do your homework you gotta know what you're looking at um that's hard for people that are new to this i mean i've been doing this basically my whole life uh when i brought this stuff home it was like my mom saw it and she was like how did you do that so fast i was like because i'm 49 and I've been doing this for 47 <laughs> years of my life. Basically. I know what I'm looking at. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so, you know, we broke it down. I, I took about nine boxes home from the storage unit that, that I knew were kind of had a lot of key stuff in it that I wanted to monkey around with. But even in that, even in my, just my, like my quick browsing, like, okay, this is a good box. When I got it home and I'm pulling stuff out, I'm just like, I'm just, I know my mom thinks I'm crazy because I'm just sitting here laughing. It's like, where did this come from? What the <laughs> hell? You know, so it, it's fun. It's it's a lot of fun. And uh, particularly if you're if you're like my age where you grew up with comics and in the comics time, which is basically like the 80s and the 90s where things just kind of exploded. Uh, it's like a time capsule um, <laughs> in, in, in some cases where even if you don't really even if you're not collecting the stuff it's just a it's 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 going back through that memory lane like oh my god i remember when this came out i was working in a shop you know this 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 the beginnings of image and so on and uh um it's it's just fun it's 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 great fun so out of all of it though out of the nine boxes so far that i've really really dove into i have kept a total of about 15 books for for my personal collection so uh, <laughs> the rest of it's all going up for sale Awesome. And so this is some of the stuff that you like when you do um, on your on your network on Facebook, like mm-hmm. that's some of the stuff that you like sell yeah, out. 
And usually uh, the doghouse on the comic book shopping network, my live selling show, usually we just sell my stuff, big dogging stuff, right? You know, this, this stuff back here. Um, but because I had such a big collection anyway, and I needed to thin it out, I started doing these shows that we called chaos shows, which were just whatever the hell's in this box. Uh, we're going to put a price on it and you guys can get it. And it's Marvel and it's DC and it's image and it's dark horse. And it's just things that I had bought over the years, either in collections or just for myself. Um, but because I'm trying to get myself uh, to a situation where I want to move uh, towards the end of the year, I needed to just start thinning out the, I don't know, whatever it is, the 50 boxes of stuff that's in my collection. And yeah. so we just started doing chaos nights and they were really popular. Um, and, and in doing the chaos nights, it got a lot of people onto my show that wouldn't necessarily have been there. And so while we're selling Marvel and DC and whatever to these guys who are looking for that, we also sprinkle in the big dog stuff. We do, okay, we're going to do like 30 minutes of like weird stuff. And then we're going to do like 30 minutes of big dog stuff so that they're exposed to what I'm doing. Which is still weird stuff, but it's specific. It's weird yeah, it's stuff. the it's the good weird stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's the good weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. So it's like it, it it's a way to bring people into that might not know you know what you're all about, but are interested in all these other things, and maybe open it up to a new audience, which is right. Because cool. if I'm showing pictures, like here, we're gonna have Fantastic Four on tonight. There could be people that are looking for Fantastic Four that would never have come to my show because they don't collect big dog stuff. Mm -hmm. So they'll come to my show, the chaos show, and see all the stuff that they understand. But then at the same time, they're going to watch other people buy big dog stuff. And then the the theory is, is that these guys will be like, well, why are these guys buying big dog stuff? I don't get it. And then hopefully they'll try it out and, and uh, you know, get them, get them hooked in. I was going to say, you're trying to get them hooked. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. The Fantastic so, Four is free, man. But <laughs> you're their pusher. Look at you. <laughs> I mean, whatever you got to do. Yeah, you know, I'm not judging. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> you do what you got to do. And I, I, this was never a plan for me. Like, you know, hey, I want to become like a comic book sales guy. I mean, I owned a shop. Well, I ran a shop for five years in the in the early '90s when everything went skyrocketing through the roof and then mm -hmm. i owned my own shop right up until uh september 11th when i had to end up closing it so i had like 10 years of of heavy duty retail experience so i know what i'm doing i mean i know what's going on um i've worked right. with jesse james comics for the past like six years in his shop retail stuff so i mean i know what's going on i can i can turn i can flip this switch and, and make it happen um but i it was never really a plan of mine to be like hey i'm gonna buy collections and like turn them um, but the more I did that with Jesse, helping him buy collections and, and flipping them around, the, the more fun I had doing it. And I was like, I can do this. I can, I can, <laughs> I can have a good time with this and, and, uh, um, you know, make a little money at it and, and so on. So this was my first foray into a big collection. Um, and like I said, I've really only skimmed the surface but we did uh we did we sold we sold almost two well almost basically almost a whole long box on uh wednesday because we we did our first run through on this so wednesday went through almost an entire long box which is like 200 plus comics um wow just in that 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 couple you know hour and a half of time so uh you know we did well and and like i said we're only just scratching the surface so now i actually got a call today that my my storage unit guys they were like hey we've got the uh uh we've got the inside 
you know, climate controlled unit for you now. I'm like, oh, you couldn't have told me that like two days ago. So I didn't have to like move it all again. But, you know, so when I'm done with this, I'm going back in town. We're going to move it Go all. Go use your the... muscles, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving it all into the inside. And then, uh, you know, then I'll monkey around with some more boxes and and see what we got. But yeah, it's it's fun. And, and that's what comics are supposed to be. Um, you know, even if you're talking about new books, new books are going to be looked at differently than old books, but in 10 years, that stuff better be looked at as fun or nobody's going to give two craps about it. Um, as far as the back issue market goes. And Mm -hmm. in some cases we're already seeing some of that with like DC's, uh, uh, what the hell was it? The, the, new 52 or I don't know. They did like three reboots in a row. And one of them just was like, people were just like, this is some garbage, man. And, and nobody cares about these books. Nobody cares because they rebooted. And then like five years later, they rebooted again. So it was like this segment of, of time that is just like washed away. It just doesn't mean anything. And, um, and so now at the time it, it, it was, it was what DC was. So people were buying it. But then when you do a, 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 this big reboot again, you kind of make collectors go like, why did I buy that stuff if it's all just gone now again? So, yeah. you know, the back issue market is a weird, tricky thing. And that's why for me, I pretty much want to focus on, you know, 2000s backwards than, than worry about coming too far forward. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I don't, I don't really get all that reboot BS. And well, I mean, I don't collect, I collect indie stuff. I mean, yeah. I do have a few things that aren't indie. You know, obviously there is other good stuff out there that isn't indie, but that's mostly sure. what I read. And, uh, you know, when I was hearing about, um, you know, DC rebooting all this stuff and, you know, like all these and how like you have to read things in a specific, like there's so many different, um, what was it? Was it wasn't Spider-Man, was it? I don't know. It, it was, I can't remember. I'm really tired, so... <laughs> My brain is super fried right now, but it was like, in order to get into these, some of these series, you have to like jump around in like timelines and like, then there's things that have been erased by like reboots. And it's just to me really confusing and I don't want to put the time and effort into it. It just seems like a lot of work when I can go and like get, you know, a graphic novel from, you know, like an indie artist and it's all one story and it's never it, it's always going to be that one story or you know it's an arc of a longer story whatever it's not going to change yeah marvel uh, figured out a long time ago well dc2 and so on they figured out a long time ago that if you can make a spider-man book and you can write a story that makes that spider-man buyer go buy x-force that nine times out of ten that buyer will go buy that x-force book even though they wouldn't have normally bought it Right. Uh, and so that was a, a large segment of, of the 90s uh, was them figuring out all of these little marketing crossover things. It used to be that like the Punisher just like appeared in Spider-Man and you were like, "Woo, we got this. Pun- we got the Punisher in Spider-Man. That's cool. But now it's, hey, you read this Spider-Man book with the Punisher. But if you want to finish it, you have to go buy this Punisher book with Spider-Man. And and, you know, and so it's it's a marketing trick to, to get to sell more books. Um, you know, I, I do understand that. And, you know, that's all well and good. I just think when it gets too involved, when it's like, it's too much going back and forth and, you know, like I said, you know, having to like figure out which 
Spider-Man series to read first or, you know, how to make sure that you get the story in order. It, it just gets really confusing to me. I just want to like yeah. read something, enjoy it, and then not, and not be confused. Well, and that's one of the things <laughs> that these publishers have to figure out is it's, it's, you're, you're trying to, in their, in their words, not verbatim, but in their words, they're trying to find new readers. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Everything you're doing is wrong to find new readers. Everything. Because like you just said, you're, you're talking about bringing brand new people in who don't know what comics are and saying, yeah, hey, you like Ms. Marvel. But if you want to buy, if you want to see the second part of Ms. Marvel, you got to go buy Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur, which me, crosses over with, and, and people are just like, what, what are you doing? I just want my Ms. Marvel. I just want my Moon Girl, Double Dinosaur. Right. I don't want to go. You can cross over and have them appear in the books, but I don't want to have to go buy X-Men and Spider-Man in order to get my Ms. Marvel story. And that's exactly. part of, that's part of what they're doing wrong. Um, and, and that's why the stuff that you're talking about, even, even beyond indies, the book market of comic books is growing quite a bit because uh, people will go in and they'll just get that big book. That's, you know, one through six of, you know, Ms. Marvel and they'll take it home and they get their one through six and they're done and they don't right. have to worry about where it goes. So the book market is actually seeing growth. Whereas the, the floppy market is still kind of stuck in the, uh, is it a first appearance of somebody? Is it going to be valuable next week? Um, as opposed to, Hey, what did Spider-Man do this week? Oh no, no, no. It's, it's, it's red goblins in this thing and you got to get the red goblin issue and you got to buy 10 copies and you got to put them away because it's the investment. It was like, no. it's fine. If you want to invest in it, that's fine. But that can't be the focus on, on monthly comics because that's why people struggle to, to get involved with them. Right. Uh, so if you want new people, you have to do it a certain way and, and neither Marvel or DC really do it that way. Yeah. Well, <sighs> But the indies do. The indies get it. The indies just tell their story. Blip, 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 yeah, blip, blip, and then blip. that's that's what I like. And I mean, it's cool. Like if a character makes an appearance in in some sure. other thing, like that's fine. I just don't want to have to read that in order to like understand the entire story. Like just yeah. give me what I'm looking for. And again, don't make it confusing. Right. <laughs> Life is good. <laughs> yes. Ugh. Yes. Um. Oh. So I got a question for you because okay. I was just doing, uh, I was just putting together my packaging today. What is like, what is your process when you go to do your fulfillment for a Kickstarter? Like I have a certain order of like how I get everything done. And I'm curious to see like what yours is just to see if, you know, maybe there's a better way. I don't think so. I think I have it down to like a science for myself, like the way that it works best for me. But I know that that's going to be for everybody. But I mean, basically, we just kind of build our uh, stretch goal packs, you know, ahead of time, because here's here's your two trading cards and your sticker and your bookmark and your whatever. And, you know, those all go into like just a, a, you know, a bag, like a you know, comic book bag, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can just build those even before the books are here. You know, so right. once we have all those things, we can just start building hundreds of these things and have them ready to go. And then once the books are in, it's just a matter of sorting them out and making sure we know this is what goes in each, you know, reward package. So, and, uh, and then you just start putting it together. Like, do you, cause what I do, like, I just go through like my, my backer, surveys and I go through like each tier level and I do it like 
one tier at a time because it's easier for me to to go. That's that's one way to do it. It's, that's it's how I do it. <laughs> but we we do um we use Backerkit and Backerkit will let you download like a, a Excel spreadsheet of stuff oh. that'll be like and you can break it down so it'll be like okay all of Joe Blow's stuff is like right here and it's it's Joe Blow gets this 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 this. And then we just like, like, okay, bloop, 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 bloop. There's Joe Blow. Give him his pack, you know, pack it up and send it out the door. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious because, you know, like. But that's with I've, using Backerkit versus, you know, using just, you know, standard surveys uh, yeah. from, from Kickstarter. Yeah, I haven't gotten to a point where I really, I don't really need to use Backerkit. There's, there's no point for me because anything that I'm offering is, it's all on the Kickstarter. So I don't need to really. Cause I know a lot of people use it to, so people can do add-ons. Um, sure. And, and for me, I don't need to do that. Um, and I mean, it's been, I've been able to handle, you know, the amount that I've through Kickstarter. It's been fine. Like, uh, sure. like I said, I just, uh, I print out all my shipping labels for a tier package each, you know, box, make sure everything's all good. And then I, you know, for that, I like just do one tier at a time until it's all done. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been pretty, pretty simple and pretty efficient. But I'm trying to, oh, I'm always looking for like a better way, like anything that'll cut time off. Cause seriously, two there, days there, of this sh- shit and I'm exhausted. I'm it, like, it, it's oh. all the same. I mean, it doesn't matter how you do it. It's all the same. It's looking at the dude's name. It's pulling the books. It's packing them. It's making a label. I mean, well, there's really no way to skirt the the details other than just being prepared ahead of time. Like with the, uh, the stretch goals. So you're not like. Stretch goal, stretch goal, stretch goal, stretch goal, stretch goal, book, you know, like at one at a time, like just get yourself ahead if possible. And then you're just grabbing packs. Okay. I need a pack, throw it in with the book. We're done. Um, But it's it's all just manual labor and there's really no way to get around it outside of (laughs) other people doing it. Oh, right. I was going to say, unless you like know people who are willing to like help you out, which is always (laughs) cool. Um, you, You know, I didn't really i don't ever get that lucky but you know no, again, I don't well i have plenty of people that offer but they're usually like five states away yeah that's uh, not helpful they have to like no. actually be in the room with you <laughs> that's helpful yeah. um oh, what was i just gonna say god see i'm just <laughs> we're talking about kickstarters Kickstarter and back issues oh yeah so what i did this time that was different was um because i got my comics and before i got the um the other stuff and i just bagged and boarded like every tier mm-hmm. like together and then i just like like organized it and set it up so that as soon as i got in the last of my stretch goal stuff i was able to just drop it in and everything was like labeled and stacked with its group so it kind of actually made it go a little faster so that's something you can do too is you know just I I'm just I try to keep it as organized as possible, but that's this is the first time I've done that, uh, where I got the books in before the other stuff. So I just yeah, but it helped. It made things a little bit easier. Just, but yeah, just you're space. Right. Give yourself space. Give yourself the ability to spread out. I mean, everybody's different because I mean, for me, we had like 600 backers on this last one that we did, so it's going to be a that's lot, lot. freaking packages. <laughs> Um, and there's, you know, there's a dozen books and on and on and on and on. So, and, and for yeah. us, they do do, uh, they add <laughs> on stuff in the, in the bagger kit. So it's not even a matter of looking at Kickstarter because that doesn't matter anymore. It's what did they do on backer kit? Um, cause they could have added one, two, three, four, five books, um, or whatever. So everything we do right. just comes through that spreadsheet and, um, you know, so far so good. 
Well, and I think that's something, you know, because a lot of people have asked about backer kit, um, you know, and when I went to look into it, like for myself personally, because I mean, most of my Kickstarters have been between 100 and like 200 backers, mm-hmm. which I feel like is super manageable for me. Sure. And again, because I'm not adding anything else on or like everything's included that they could get. It's all there in the Kickstarter. So I don't feel like I need backer kit. Uh, for people that are looking into maybe stepping into that as like a next step for their Kickstarter, when would you recommend somebody actually investing in that? Because it's not cheap to use. It's not cheap, but it's not expensive either. But you have to, you have to, um, you have to treat it like kind of, well, there's a couple of reasons. One is, uh, and this is actually something that didn't occur to me until somebody brought it up to me. Um, one is, uh, people are buying books on Kickstarter and they're spending X amount of money and they're going to get charged at the end of the campaign. Um, so let's just say they get charged at the end of this month. So July, so they're getting charged now. Um, they may not have had the budget to buy all the books they wanted on that charge for Kickstarter, but once they're charged and now they're into a new credit cycle, with the backer kit, they can say, okay, well now I'm in a new credit cycle. I can, I can pick up three or four more books because this is going to go on to the next bill down the road. Um, and so it really, even in that case, it's really only going to matter if you have a significant amount of, of different books, you know, different variant covers or mm-hmm. if you're selling merch or whatever. Um, so that people can be like, okay, well now I want that shirt. Now I want that, whatever. Um, for us, you know, we usually have like 10 covers. So, uh, if people couldn't get them all during the Kickstarter campaign, this gives them an opportunity to grab a couple more before, you know, things are finalized. Basically they get, they get an extra month of time essentially, uh, to, uh, to, to kind of buy a little bit more. And in our case, we will tend to do something specific for backer kit. So we open up the Kickstarter to the, the public. Anybody can come in and do that. But once the campaign is shut down, we don't do pre-orders anymore. The pre-order store, we don't do. Um, mm-hmm. So anything that is made available in backer kit at that point is exclusive to the backers. Right. So nobody can just come in and be like, well, I didn't I didn't pledge to the campaign, but I want that backer <laughs> kit exclusive. It doesn't, no, it doesn't work that way. If you right. want to get in on that stuff, we need you to start with the campaign and then we 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 invite you into the uh, the exclusive club. Oh, you're so cool! <laughs> <laughs> I tease you're you're all right. You're all right. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> you have your moments. So, I, well, I guess so. If somebody is looking at it from like the perspective of is the investment worth? Uh, you know, what you get back from it when like, is there a certain criteria that you think somebody should hit? Like maybe whether it's like numbers wise, like a certain number of backers or a certain amount per Kickstarter that makes it worth it. No, you'll never know. You'll never know until you do it. Um, Even when we did Kickstarter or when we did backer kit uh, for lights, camera jungle, when we first did it, Mm -hmm. um, our very first ever Kickstarter. 
I want to say we did an extra like $1,500 or something. And there was in that situation, there was nothing. I mean, there was nothing new. It was just a matter of if you want books, you, you can add them on now. Right. Um, and, and that grew into, you know, sort of our methodology, which is, okay, now you can add on these books, but there's also going to be an extra thing, so on and so on. But we were starting to see this, this theory of, hey, you know, I just can't, I can afford $200 now. And I can afford another $200 next month, but mm-hmm. they will break it uh, because just, you know, their credit card situation or whatever. And it's like, yeah. oh, okay, th- well, this makes sense. And it didn't even occur to me until somebody actually told me, yeah, I have to wait until backer kit to get a few more things um, because yeah. of the payment situation. I was like, oh, I get it. And that never occurred to me either. Like, that's something that I didn't take into account. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Uh yep. Like, again, it's still, I don't personally need it for myself, but I was just asking, I guess, for people that were curious. In your situation Um, and in other people's, you you don't have enough product necessarily to warrant it because you're only doing a couple of covers, you know, a pin, whatever. So for the most part, your your backers aren't spending too much money to begin with. It's not like they're spending 500 bucks uh, to get all of the stuff on your campaign. Right, right if they come in and they spend a hundred dollars, they've probably got everything there is anyway. So unless you're adding something to Kickstarter or to back yeah. it that, that wasn't on the campaign, then there's really not a reason to do it. But if you're coming in yeah. and you're like, Hey, you know, we've got 10 covers and you know, they're limited to 200 <laughs> a piece or whatever. Um, then you can give people the set, the extra chance to, to get them through backer kit, but it really depends more on your product line than mm-hmm. anything else. That makes a, that makes a lot of sense. See that cleared up, something that I didn't even know. I mean, I knew again that it, it wasn't necessary for myself, but now I have some other reasons why it isn't necessary for me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's something to look, to know. yeah. And it's something to look forward <laughs> into, like, you know, hopefully you're going to grow, you know, 200 to 300 to 400, whatever. As you do more books, maybe mm-hmm. you get more into the variants. Maybe you get more into the swag, the merch, whatever. And, and that's where backer kit will come in handy because then people right. can say, Hey, I got the books already but let me go ahead and get that shirt or, or whatever it is. And, and, and then you, you know, kind of move up from there. Makes sense. See, Plus, answering the other thing with, questions. Yeah. The other thing with backer kit is the more that you do it, uh, you get discounts because if you're a regular returning customer, mm-hmm. the, the cost goes down. Gotcha. Yeah. See, that's good to know. This show is full of such good information. I'm telling you PS critters on Kickstarter right now. Oh, yeah. You know what? I forgot about that. How many more days do you have left on that? We end on Wednesday night at about 1145. So it's like, so, I don't know, five-ish days, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're already funded, so no worries about that. If you are uh, interested in, you know, fun, old-school-style superhero books, this is Critter's 10-year anniversary. Uh, so we are doing a hardcover edition uh, to to commemorate the anniversary. But you don't have to buy the hardcover. We have a regular uh, trade paperback paper version as well um, with a brand new cover on it. Uh, we have some special add-ons from Nii Rufino who have, who's done some special uh, reprintings of issue number one with new covers on them. So there's all kinds of stuff. You can get all the entire run. There's four books. You can get all four books together. You can get the hardcover. You can get the dust jacket version. You can get them digitally. If you just want them digitally, if you're out of country and the, the shipping is crazy, we know it's crazy. And you just want to <laughs> get the digitals. We can just send you the digitals. 
Um, we have some, some, uh, we've opened up the vault, the archives of BDI. You can get some old, um, critter variant covers, just a mix of 10 random 10, uh, from her last 10 years. Um, we have that kind of stuff available. So it's all kinds of things available. All you got to do is go to kickstarter.com, search for critter, C-R-I-T-T-E-R, and she'll pop up and we've got about five days left. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm so glad to be done with this Kickstarter stuff until for the next few months. I am like just thinking about all the crap that you have to go through for yours. And I, I say crap. I mean, obviously it's not crap. It's awesome because you have like some really <laughs> cool stuff. But you know what I mean? Because you do offer so many different things. It's I mean, that's a lot of work. It's really, sure. um, you know. I think some people don't realize how much time people invest in their Kickstarters. Oh yeah. Because it's not just like, oh, okay, it, it's the 30 days that it's up or whatever. You know, you, for you work on it for months beforehand. And then the 30 days you're actively every single day selling it, you know, and getting it in front of people's faces. And then yep. after that, you're doing all the work to, you know, order product and, you know, get everything ready for delivery and packaging. And I mean, it's it's really a several month long process for every Kickstarter. For so sure. it's, 100%. it's definitely, uh, you know, and cause I've heard people say like, Oh, I, you know, I don't kickstart my stuff and it just seems like, and I'm like, why? Like, because they seem to think it's like just something that people do. So they don't have to like pay for stuff out of their own right. pocket. And it's right, like, right, right. there's a reason why people use Kickstarter. It's a great pre-sale tool. And it's a great marketing tool to get your book in front of a lot of people that might never see it. Yeah, it's. And we've it's talked a, about that before. Yeah, Kickstarter so. has moved from being, "Hey, I need five hundred bucks because I have a vanity project I want to get done," to being right. a legitimate, essentially distribution channel because people are coming in and basically pre-ordering their books, just like they would at the comic book store, and getting them a couple of months later just like they would at the comic book store. So, right. you know, it's, it, it is a completely uh, new audience for you, for whoever's putting your stuff up there. Um, right. I can't tell you how many new people have found me through Kickstarter. They don't do anything else with me. They don't bother with me anywhere else, <laughs> but they're like, dude, when's the next Kickstarter? I'm like, well, not for a while, but you know, we've got this web store and I'm like, ah, yeah, just tell me when the Kickstarter's coming and, and, and I'll be there. And then there's dudes who will not do Kickstarter. And they're mm-hmm. like, nope, just tell me when it's on your store. I don't want to hear about Kickstarter. I'm like, well, some of this is selling out. If you want to get it, you kind of have to get it on the Kickstarter because some of these books are legitimately selling out. There won't right. be extras. Well, I'll just get whatever's left and I'll get. So you have to understand that the comic book market is not the comic book market. It is not this. It is this and this and this and this and this. And they all then diagram together and have a little bit of overlap. But right. it is multiple pockets of of collectors doing different things in different ways in the ways that they like it. Right. And mm-hmm. if you're not attempting to get your toes in all of those bubbles, um, you're you're cutting yourself short. It's as simple right. as that. Um, and I I shared our um, I shared this on a watch party on my my Facebook, and yeah, um, Katrina yeah, yeah. was saying that um, like she hasn't used Kickstarter and people had chastised her for, for not doing it. Um, she thought she was doing a good thing by not doing it. <laughs> um, I think this is what I think well, that's what it, she was referring to in the comments, but you it's know, not and, a bad thing to not do it. Like don't, don't right. take me wrong. It's not, if you're going to sit here and say, look, I'm just going to make my book. However, I'm going to make my book, go do it. Like no one's going to tell you you're doing it wrong, but 
there are there are methods and reasons to do a convention, to do a Kickstarter, to do an Indiegogo, to do live shows like this. Um, there are reasons for all of that to exist. There's a reason to do a basic cover, a variant cover, a foil cover, blah, 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 blah. There's reasons for it all. And, and yeah. so my what I try and do is I try and get everybody to understand all of the little segments and pockets of comic books because it's not just here's my $4 comic at the comic book store. I'm going home and reading it and then I'm done. Like that's, that's this much of, of the industry as a whole. And, and so I, I want creators to understand why Kickstarter matters, why everything matters. And, and there's no reason to cut down anybody doing it any way that they want to do it. But please, 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 please try and understand all of the segments because you want to be touching as many of those segments as you can. Sorry, I had to mute because my dog is barking like uh, I, I, she won't stop. She's lost her mind. Alia! <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm going to have to mute. So why don't you talk about something else for a minute? Because I got to go sure. shut. I got to shut these girls down. Otherwise, we're never going to be able to finish. This. <laughs> so I'm going to jump on my phone real quick here, guys. And I'm going to find Stephanie's uh, thing. So I didn't realize she had shared it out. So I'm going to see Stephanie Menard. That way I can see your comments as well. Uh, there we go. So we've got a few comments here. Oops, let me turn my volume off. Okay, so it is it is Katrina Rowe. It's hello. Um, created, see Creators shouldn't need Kickstarter, but it's not about needing Kickstarter. It's not about needing Indiegogo. Um, some creators do need it because they simply don't have the cash flow to produce a comic book that is of any uh, sort of quality level, let's say, because that stuff does matter too. You want to be able to find art and artists that are going to level up whatever your project is. So while Kickstarter is is designed was originally designed for people who who like I said don't have the cash flow and wanted to make these projects. It's now moved into a completely different type of format, which is <clears throat> hey, we're marketing your book to an audience. Uh, we're helping you take orders for your audience. Um, mm -hmm. The backer kit is helping you streamline your shipping process. Um, Kickstarter allows you to become uh, a comic book publisher, let's say, um, in, a, in a much easier way than it does with Diamond Comics. Because if you go into Diamond Comics as a publisher, small publisher, number one, you might not even get accepted, like period. They might just be like, dude, you're not going to sell enough books. Get out of here. We're not interested. Um, so if your thought process is I'm going to make a comic book, I'm going to go to Diamond, I'm going to sell 10,000 units. I have some really, really bad news for you. <laughs> Like yeah. really bad news for you. Uh, Cause number one, you might not get accepted. Number two, just getting into previews magazine does not mean anyone will ever see you. Number three, mm -hmm. your orders will probably be less than 2000 units because there are companies now that have been doing this actively for four five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years or more that are not selling more than even three or 4,000 units. The yeah. old guard, the old way of doing things is gone. It's over. You cannot 
say that your goal is to get into diamond comics. It can be part of your goal, but it cannot be your end game because if that's your end game, you're over. That's it. You're not going to sell enough units to make your printing costs back to pay your artists to do all the things that you need to do. Um, and so Kickstarter helps because you are now, if you're smart, you're now planning ahead because now you're not just saying, Hey, I'm going to make a hundred or 200 copies of this book. You're going to say, look, I am going to become a comic book publisher. I'm going to make this book. We're going to print, I don't know, whatever, a thousand units. And for issue number one, and we're going to put this out into the, into the marketplace and, and, and here it is. And people will start to buy it automatically. No retailers deciding whether they want to buy it. No, uh, no crowded shelves on comic book stores. It's just simply you're showing it to them and they're deciding I'm going to spend my five or $10 on it. Um, and then it, this is where the forethought comes in guys. Issue number two. Okay. Don't just do number one and be like, well, okay, I'm out. I did it. No, it's number two. And guess what? Because you overprinted all of those number ones, you had a thousand print run. Now you can sell your number ones with your number twos, which then raises your revenue on your second issue. And then guess what? Number three. I mean, it just keeps going. As long as you want it to keep going, it will just keep going. And as long as you're producing a product that is a quality level that people can say, yes, I, it's, it's worth whatever it is, the price that I'm paying. Um, right. They will continue to come back. Right. And um, just to touch on, uh, you know, why, like why I use Kickstarter, because uh, like, I started off funding everything out of my own pocket. So mm-hmm. I was paying my artists, my, you know, basically. We did the I, same thing. Yeah. I, you know, I started out because that's, that's how I just, I thought that's how you did it. I was new and I'm like, okay, well, I want to. I felt uncomfortable trying to crowdfund, but nobody knew who the hell I was. I had nothing, you know, <laughs> no, like I didn't want to just like throw something up on Kickstarter and be like, ha ha, you know, like, you know, you want to buy my stuff. I'm awesome. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, you invest the money in, yeah. into putting together, you know, a, your product or whatever. And, and then you do conventions and you do whatever you get yourself out there, you market yourself and you just keep doing that until you build an audience was pretty much what my Correct. original goal was. Yep. So once I felt, comfortable that I had enough, like a body of work, uh, I, that I had done enough marketing, that I had a big enough mailing list that I felt comfortable going to Kickstarter and going, it's not going to be, you know, like a total failure, hopefully. I mean, you never really know. No. Um, but what that did, because I, I was in a hole for so long with all of the comics that I did, because so as a writer, I'm paying for everything out of my own pocket. I'm not getting paid. Right. So I'm literally throwing thousands of dollars into every single issue. And I we mean, only get paid if we sell the book. Right. And if you know how hard it is to sell, to make all your money back on a $5 comic, it's really, really hard. Um, and that's even just breaking even. Yeah. You know, and, and then you're paying for convention tables and, and all that other stuff. So it all adds up as a writer, you know, we, we invest a lot, especially at the beginning. So I didn't feel, I felt really comfortable moving to Kickstarter because, I funded the first issue of Aeonian. I paid for it out of my own pocket, had it done, put it up on Kickstarter. And all the money that was raised from that went to pay my artists and everybody for issue two. So issue one, I just ate that, you know, I ate it so that I could keep making the issues. Now 
you know, we're, we're doing pre-sales for every issue. And some people are like, well, you know, you, pr- you shouldn't do that with floppies. But for me, because I don't get to do as, as many conventions and I'm not out there as much as a lot of other people, this is how I mostly reach my audience is doing yeah. pre-sales on Kickstarter. So, and I'm not asking for a ridiculous amount of money. It's literally just pre-sale to get it so I can print it and put it out. That's yep. really it. Um, so I think for some people, you know, like for me that it works well that way. Um, and I know people that, you know, make 20, 30, 40 grand on their, their Kickstarters. And that's awesome too. I think, you know, where I'm at in my career, I'm good with what I'm doing, but I also know that I, from there, there's, you have to grow. Yeah. And, um, I just think that maybe people that are, that see Kickstarter as, you know, asking for, it's not, you're not asking for a handout. You're giving somebody, you're putting out this product or getting something for what you're, you yeah. know, this isn't go not, me. This isn't yeah. going, I need a thousand dollars. Here I am. Um, right. This is literally you're buying a product. Right. Exactly. Like, like I said, and if it doesn't sale. fund, then you get, there's no, you, you don't lose your money. Exactly. So I think if people think of it like that, um, you know, think of it as a, as just a marketing or pre-sale tool. I think that it changes how people view Kickstarter. And right. um, I mean, it definitely did for me. And I think, uh, and like you said, it Kickstarter is a lot different than it used to be. So I think it's a really great tool, especially now. I mean, nobody can do conventions. Like what, it, sure. <laughs> like what it's well, and, and, and when all of this happened, the, the, the Kickstarter in comics, anyway, the Kickstarter, uh, campaigns went from uh, over 200 down to about 125 at the low point. And mm-hmm. it has surged right back up um, yep. over the last few months. So um, people have figured out that it just, it just is what it is. And, and as far as the floppy thing, listen, I had somebody tell me to my face, you can't do what you're planning to do, which was to run each issue. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He said, the attrition will destroy you because no one will come back for issue two, three, four, five, whatever. And I was like, nothing that you're telling me makes me, it makes any sense to me. None of you're not rationalizing this in any way, shape or form, because this is not the comic book retail market. This is a completely different world. Every single one of our issues for Penny for Your Soul from one to seven went higher and higher and higher until Penny seven was our highest campaign ever at its time. And we grew even out of that. So, but again, only because when we did issue two, we had issue ones that we could still sell. Because if you don't have that, that first issue, then people are like, well, what am I supposed to do? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have, you absolutely have to do that because yeah. I mean, I didn't even know that was a thing that people did. Like, (laughs) Like not have an issue one if you put an issue two up on Kickstarter. Because, I mean, people miss stuff on Kickstarter all the time. I still have people, like, uh, with this campaign, I had, I think, like, 25 or 26 people had to buy, like, all three issues. So there was people that were just coming into it and needed all of them. So it worked out good. And I had had to reorder issues one and two. But I'm fine with that because I, you know, I do print on demand. Sure. So... It works out fine for me. Yeah. When we got to issue seven of Penny for Your Soul, we offered all seven of them in one reward. This is like, boom, there's the whole thing, guys. If you Bam. missed it, kaboom. <laughs> and we had like 30 people just by that alone. So, yeah. you know, there's there's your new audience. Right. You're always going to find new people. and But yeah, you definitely have to have 
issue one's available if you're putting an issue two or whatever. Whatever issue number you are putting up, have the ones before it. Yes. <laughs> that's how you grow it. I that mean, that's important. literally how you grow it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, we're getting close to the end here. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on? I think we actually had a pretty good discussion uh, about Kickstarter. Like, I didn't think we yeah. were going to. Even though all I've been doing for like the last like three months is Kickstarter, I feel like, and my brain is literally Kickstartered out. But it's uh, uh, it, it it's it's hell for me on the rest of the the rest of the way because we have <laughs> we have kicks. Uh, Critter is ending on the fifth next next Wednesday night, yeah. um, and then uh, all of August is going to be promoting ClickCon, which is a Kickstarter event that I'm doing with Wendy Shaner and CB Zane. We are all doing a a co Kickstarter, which will be launching in September. <laughs> Um, and then I have my own normally scheduled campaign in October for Ursa Minor um, that'll be happening like right after the ClickCon thing is over. And then in between that, there's all kinds of little pockets of things that we're doing. So like next Wednesday, uh, it's the end of, of, of Critter, but it's also National Underwear Day. And so we have like we did with Bikini oh, Day a couple Lord. of weeks ago. So we have <laughs> underwear day covers coming and, and so on and so on. So it's uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild last half of the year uh at the at the big dog house. Well, yeah, no, it sounds like it. Um I'm I, I'm tired just thinking. I was already tired. Now I feel like I need to hibernate. Good lord. So you may, like I always feel like, oh yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm I'm getting things done, and then I hear all the crap you're doing, and I'm just like I'm not doing shit. Like, <laughs> what am I even doing with my life? <laughs> oh, well, that's all right. We can't all be, you know, Tom. Nobody wants that. Nobody no. wants that. No. no, I'm good. I'm good with not being Tom. I'll just watch you like a creeper from afar and, <laughs> you know, cheer you on through your successes. And just, yeah, check in every couple of weeks and be like, go, Tom. There we go. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anything? I don't think I've got to be anything else for today. Nothing that I can. So yeah, that's it for today, guys. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us today and talking Kickstarters and indie comics and all that fun jazz. We're, we do this every two weeks, uh, another page turner. Um, and it's on any network that you can find podcasts on. So um, you can either watch us live. We're usually live every other Tuesday at one o'clock, but you know, it's been, it's it been a month. A little. So yeah. probably based on what I'm seeing on the calendar, probably the 11th will be our next, uh, our yeah. Next shot. Cause we won't, yeah, we won't do one next week, but yeah, the 11th will probably be the next show. So, um, if you guys want to, I'll share this. It seems like we had some people that were, um, you know, yeah, we had some watchers and uh, yeah. So if you guys want to questions, um, which are always good. Yeah, no, we appreciate it. And, you know, it's always, uh, it's always good to see Kat on, uh, good to see you, Ron. Thanks for tuning in. Um, thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in today. And again, we'll be back on the, uh, 11th at one o'clock and check out all of our back episodes, uh, on podcastdetroit.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts and, uh, until next time, be good and be safe.